it's a fact that I'm the seventh son. Hello, welcome to The Social Minute, the podcast that looks at the social network minute by minute. Today, we are going to be covering Minute 3, which goes from 2 minutes to 2 minutes 59 on the clock. Uh, it starts with uh, Mark Zuckerberg telling us about his friend Eduardo and how much money he made on oil futures. Um, and yet, even though he's done that, he's still not going to distinguish himself. <laughs> um, <laughs> and although, I, I don't know, the ability to make money doesn't impress anybody around here is quite an interesting line. Um, and then, you know, we kind of continue with this conversation talking about, you know, uh, both Eduardo and also we're still on the subject of final clubs. Um, and, you know, the pre- the line that Eric had said in the previous minute about which is the easiest to get into. Uh, I don't know. It gets under Mark's skin uh, just a little tiny bit. Um, <laughs> and, and we finish with Mark saying the words, um, you know, final club to correct Erica uh, because she keeps saying finals clubs. Uh, you know, but we'll get into that in the next minute because obviously, uh, you know, that's that's where it continues tomorrow. Uh, but uh, yeah, so joining me to talk about this today is returning guest Gina Radcliffe. Hello, Gina. Hello. Uh, and this is where we kind of get into the meat of finding out who Eduardo is. Um, but kind of before we get to meet him, it's, it's going to be like another, I think, 10 minutes before we meet Eduardo. Um, so it's quite interesting that they they spend, you know, just a bit of time kind of. Uh, getting into how Eduardo made his money, but also uh, in a weird way, kind of setting up the fact that Eduardo, uh, you know, he's in, he's at Harvard, but not maybe because of the same reasons as Mark. Um, you know, uh, like he's made a ton of money, and there's an implication there, maybe that like that's how you know that's how he's kind of found his way to Harvard. Um, something obviously that you know will be expounded upon later on in the film but there is this kind of class thing that mark has uh, obviously he you know it's very much more explicit with erica but later on in the film it's something that will also be kind of used as a kind of wedge between mark and eduardo um uh, in particular once we actually meet um sean parker there's some choice lines about, <laughs> about certain uh, certain kind of uh, clothes that people wear um, but we, Mark explains, you know, that, uh, that Eduardo made 300,000 betting on oil futures one summer. Um, and, you know, that won't impress anybody here. Uh, and of course, Erica is like, you know, in the summer. And of course, Mark says, you know, he likes meteorology. And this is, again, this kind of back and forth where she's like, you said it was oil futures, like trying to basically trying to pin Mark down into what did he mean by that? Like he's saying, obviously, he made, he made money off oil futures in the summer. You know, obviously, everyone understands what that means. But Erica is, I think, speaking mostly for the audience when you're like, I don't understand. I'm not quite sure what you're talking about. And of course, he explains that, you know, if you can read the weather, you can predict the price of heating oil. And, you know, that's when Mark, it's funny because this is like a weird little detour. And then Mark, in the middle of that, slips in. I think you asked me because you think the final club that's the easiest to get in is the one that I have the best chance. And it's like... Um, you know, that's where Erica's like, what? <laughs> and I kind of I kind of like that, you know, we're seeing Mark Zuckerberg's kind of thought process here of like, he's having these three or four conversations, but if you say something that gets under his skin, he that's definitely something he's going to go back to. He's never going to explain the whole China IQ thing, but he's certainly going to kind of, if you said to him, you know, which is the easiest club, that's, 
you know that's going to stick on and, and he's going to he's going to want you know further explanation of it um and i kind of i kind of like that erica's explanation is is very simple which is you know the one that's the easiest to get into is the one that anybody has the best chance of getting into and he's just and he's insulted by that he is just absolutely <laughs> i mean you you could you the the look at his face it's like she called his mother a whore he's just like he's just like what do you mean i, I could get into because anybody could get into and it's like it's like now you know that's not what she meant you you know that that's not that that you know she doesn't mean that any old you know you know dipshit who goes to community college can get into this club it's just the you know it's one that might have a slightly more liberal for harvard you know you know <laughs> entry policy than than the other clubs this is just like like it's like it's like she reached over the table and slapped him and i think as well this is kind of like earlier obviously you know mark poses the question how do you distinguish yourself um you know where everyone's getting 600 sats uh you know if they're not being helped into certain colleges by their mothers then you know like obviously yeah how do you distinguish if you if everybody you know there's a bar for entry and everyone's cleared that bar how do you then stand out amongst you know uh, a group of you know supposed elites you know how do you how do you be the elitist of the elites you know <laughs> you know like and i think you know she's kind of answering that question a little bit where she's like you know which club's the easiest you know and you know if if everybody's got 1600 you know which club is letting people in who got you know 1590 like that would be the easiest club to get into and he's obviously saying well no everyone got 1600 we're all as good as each other you know you have to distinguish yourself in a different way and there are no clubs that are easy to get into and you know i i think her question is legitimate but at the same time i think it's funny because obviously this is you know the the kind of point where things begin to go off the rails although they won't fully go off the rails until the next minute um, but kind of this this whole thing of like you know you didn't ask you know which one was the you know you didn't ask which one was the best you asked which was the easiest and obviously you know erica says i was just asking to ask um and of course when she says i'm not speaking in code <laughs> um and then he tries to interrupt her and she's like you know you're obsessed with finals clubs you have finals clubs ocd you need to see someone about it who <laughs> some kind of medication uh you know and then of course she says you don't care if the side effects may include blindness um, and then of course the final line you know in this particular minute is final clubs so he corrects her uh, although I feel like at this point the fact that she says finals clubs so many times after having said it correctly the first time uh, it feels like she's definitely doing it to get under his skin to just keep saying finals clubs because she knows it's gonna at some point he's gonna snap and kind of try to correct her but I, I, I love how this like this is kind of the point at which you know we, we've kind of met Erica and Mark and then they've kind of had a bit of conversation and then we kind of got into the meat of the conversation which is you know they've been talking about final clubs clearly more than once this is not the first time they've had this conversation and obviously you know the fact that she's she's like you know you're obsessed with final clubs and then you know that's that's kind of the sticking point you know uh, which I guess this is the point at which you could think, well, this is definitely not like their first date or anything. This is this kind of points to the fact that they have been dating. You don't know how long for, but, you know, certainly a little while uh, enough that she knows that he keeps going on about final clubs. Um, and I, I don't know. I just kind of I kind of love how quickly this like this this build up begins. Um, you know, this is not like this opening scene is not like really dramatic or anything. Uh, but obviously it has to be the catalyst for you know what follows next um, and to do that it, you kind of have to 
you have to get like a certain kind of sense of anger and you know not that kind of uh, the character of Mark Zuckerberg in this film ever really kind of raises his voice um, you know there are a few times later on um, you know particularly when it comes to you know the account being frozen or whatever where he does raise his voice um, and you know in the trailer there's a lot of people shouting at each other uh, but what I like about this scene is that like this isn't about like them having like kind of like a who's afraid of Virginia Woolf style kind of like drunken screaming match um, this is very much just like a gradual build and in each minute it's just you know they they started off in a fairly good position and then each minute it's it, the screws are being turned as everything that Erica says you know to start off with she just seems interested in his conversation and then each time it, we kind of get to the next minute it's it's like it's been ratcheted up just a tiny bit where there's something that's getting under Mark's skin and it's like the more that Erica is saying the more it's going to start winding Mark up and I kind of like how this scene gradually builds um, you know, particularly when we get into the next minute and there's kind of a level of confusion as to exactly what's happening from one party in this conversation. Uh, but also the fact that we're given a picture of Eduardo as being someone who, um, you know, has a certain level of kind of like business savvy. And obviously when later on Facebook is created and he's given the position of like CFO, um, and obviously much later in the film when he's, you know, he's referred to as a business major and, you know, like, the the idea is like mark is very much you know the kind of the brains and he is the money and i like how they're setting up you know he's got 30 grand so when mark asks him for money eduardo's like well of course you know like he made 30 grand in a summer like he it's not like money is a huge concern for him right um you know and and he's kind of willing and I, I like the kind of little things being set up here about what type of person eduardo is before we even meet him yeah so i mean i, I don't know i kind of i like the little bit about oil futures i think it's interesting <laughs> because it's like it, it it also makes mark i don't know again it kind of makes him look a bit snarky when she's like you know you were talking about oil futures and now you're talking about meteorology and you know he made money in the summer on heating oil like and and mark's kind of like well yeah of course like you know you have to read the weather to know how much oil people are going to be buying in the winter. And that's how you make the money. Like it's kind of his dismissiveness of like, well, of course everyone knows this. That's how the oil futures market works. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Erica is kind of the audience standing. He's like, I don't understand what you're saying. Like you're talking about, you know, oil and the summer and it doesn't make any sense because people buy oil in the winter. And it's like, I kind of, I kind of like how his kind of snarkiness is, is kind of like, Something that we'll see for the rest of the film as well is like the assumption that everybody else is already up to speed with where Mark is. And it's like, well, yeah, of course, Mark has already said this. So everyone should automatically know what he's talking about. <laughs> and I kind of I kind of like how this this kind of interaction here kind of really sets that up where it's like up to this point, we've had a conversation that's very much about two or three different subjects. And it's like, well, that's one thing. But when you know, when you don't understand what Mark is actually talking about and you try to clarify something, he his clarification is always in the the style of someone who's like well why don't you understand this stupid like, like i understand this why don't you understand this and i i don't know it's it's a really good kind of like character thing to kind of put in here of, of like his explanation is not just a simple explanation but the tone of it is very much kind of dismissive 
uh, and obviously something that you know, will get built up very much more in the next kind of minute. I, I don't. I mean, I would not know how how uh, meteorology would tie into to to be able to predict oil futures. I mean, the way he explains it, that 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 would make sense. You know, it certainly makes sense. But but you know, as you say, you know, Erica is kind of the audience surrogate, and and you know, you, you can almost feel like her annoyance at being you know spoken down to, where it's like, how do you not know about this? It's so obvious. That's what the connection is. Yeah, and I think it's interesting as well that when she goes back to talking about final clubs, this is where she really starts hitting the S in the finals clubs. Yeah. Oh yeah, she she knows. And again, he he you know, he thinks he's several steps ahead of her and and, and she's like, you know what, I'm not I'm not gonna try to play this game anymore. I'm gonna start messing with him and it, it takes him a while to figure out that's what she's doing. It's 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 just beautiful to watch. And I you know, again, like this is where we start to get, you know, we get just a little bit particularly on Erica, we're starting to get a little bit kind of closer in <laughs> and we're starting to see kind of her annoyance um, at what Mark is saying and how, like, you know, basically he, like his kind of dismissiveness, you can kind of see in Rooney Mara's performance that, you know, she is getting, you know, uh, a much kind of more annoyed as the scene goes on. Uh, and it's worth saying as well, you know, obviously Rooney Mara, uh, I can't say that I, re- I remember seeing her in anything before this film, um, I think that uh, it was but, certain. I think it was her, like her major, her major film. I mean, she's only in it for this for this scene, if memory serves. But uh, yeah. she comes back. She comes back later on. We like she she's in this scene, and then obviously during Face Mash, she we see her in a dorm, which I guess you could count as like you know still part of this timeline. So kind of still part of this scene. Uh, but then you know later on in the film, she's in the uh, restaurant where she's she kind of dismissively says to him. Uh, uh, I hope you do well with your computer game or whatever. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... <laughs> she's so very, she's so very dismissive, which you know, again, is like, is like, you know, stabbing him in the heart. <laughs> yeah, that she she hasn't memorized exactly what his um, uh, what his his kind of profession is going to be. Uh, but yeah, she, I, I, I think I can't remember which order they came out in, but I have a feeling I'd seen her in the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street before I'd seen her in this. Film. Yeah, yeah, actually, you're right. I, I keep thinking this movie that that, that you know, the movie came out earlier than it than it did, but yeah, no, this was this was not actually one of her. Yeah, this was at the same year actually. It was Nightmare on Elm Street, and then this, and then the following yeah. year was was the girl with the dragon tattoo, which is probably her big breakout role yeah and uh, obviously you know working here with uh you know with david fincher i think it's quite interesting because like for that particular role like a lot of people were were like who's gonna get it who's gonna get it and then when it turned out to be rooney mara it's kind of obvious it's like well yeah she's literally just worked with david fincher and he's you know he's worked with brad pitt like three times like you know he's the kind of director who will go back to certain actors if he uh you know if he likes working with them um, uh, and I think it's interesting as well here because, uh, you know, she talks about like, uh, uh, you know, uh, she actually says the words side effects. And obviously she was also in the uh, Steven Soderbergh film uh, Side Effects. <laughs> so she mentions the name of another film that she's in. Uh, although obviously most recently, uh, I think most people would probably know her for Carol. Um, and then, you know, she was also... Uh, was she in? The, I, I, for some reason, I'm blanking, but I can't remember if she was in House of Cards, but I think that's her sister who was in House of Cards, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, Kate. Yeah. Yeah, she's been more, she's kind of stuck with more, um, kind of more smaller movies in recent years. Uh, she was in A Ghost Story, and, um, and she uh, was in uh, 
the movie Don't Worry, He Won't Get Far on Foot, which unfortunately did not do very well <laughs> in the theater. But uh, Hollywood Gossip has it. It brought her and Joaquin Phoenix together as a couple. So I guess that's nice. Yeah. It, you know, it's really weird because uh, Doug Benson on his podcast, he talked about these films where the titles are far too descriptive. So like, don't worry, he won't get far on foot. Is like one of the ones that he's mentioned a couple yeah, of times. Yeah. Yeah. That was supposed, that was supposed to be like a big Oscar baby movie. And yeah, it didn't go anywhere. Um, so I, I, I yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting that she has kind of stuck to the kind of more like after, after doing like a couple of like horror films and stuff like that, uh, she has then kind of, uh, and even like, I mean, I think probably actually the first time I saw her was probably in Youth in Revolt uh, with Michael Sarah, but I can't recall what role she played in that film. So, um, but yeah, so yes, I saw her in Side Effects and her and uh, Carol. Uh, I couldn't say, I, I don't think there's actually, I haven't seen her in anything, I think, since Carol at the cinema. Um, but yeah, she's uh, like, she's, I, I, I think both her and her sister, you know, uh, are kind of very, uh, I don't know, they, I really enjoyed what they do kind of the strength of this opening scene is you have two really good actors if one of these actors hadn't been up to the standard i think this could have been quite a tedious kind of opening uh because it's you know it's quite brave just to open on two people talking for five minutes uh but then again that's what most podcasts are it's just people talking so, exactly uh i i feel like we said about as much as we can about minute number three uh so uh the question that i'm asking people on wednesday is you know what are your views of other david finch films i think we covered it just a tiny bit in the opening minute but uh you know what would you say your favorite film is uh, i'm gonna be completely unoriginal and say zodiac uh, <laughs> i also have a, a very a soft spot in my heart well i don't even know i don't know if that's the right phrasing for this movie but i i really love seven um i i think i think that might have been the first and possibly no, I saw Gone Girl in the theater. I Seven was among the only ones of his movies I've actually seen in the theater. I don't I don't know why I I've not generally gone to see his movies in the theater, but I, I for the most part I've, I've waited and watched them at home. Um, <clears throat> but I remember going to see Seven with a group of people and just walking afterwards and just like it was the first time I ever left the theater. Everybody was just like silent, like it's like <laughs> you just kind of look at each other like a little shell shocked, like 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 oh my god, I can't believe what we just watched. And, and that is definitely, I mean, I, I think we're going on well over 20 years for that movie being out, and, and I still think about it every now and then. It's just like, it, it, it's very much, certain certain aspects of it are very burned into my brain, and then I think that's just you know, the mark of a, of a you know very fine filmmaker. Is it? And then I think about certain scenes with the social network. I think of uh, you know, the, the montage of, uh, you know, lawsuits and rowing set to the uh the kind of uh you know electronica version of uh you know a, a, a night on bald mountain and all and that night on bald mountain um yeah i can't remember the classical piece of music in here but there's a really great montage scene set to that i think about that sometimes and he's just really good with certain visuals that just stick with you forever so but but zodiac overall is probably i think you know, if you want to use the word masterpiece i would say that would apply that would apply here uh it's interesting i mean i've seen every single david fincher film at the cinema since seven uh which i saw january 1996 uh so that's what, 23 years ago something like that now <laughs> so uh yeah yeah it's way longer that it's way older than you than you think it is because if it came out now it still seemed very it would still seem very fresh and 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 not you know it it, it didn't you 
fall into a lot of the like nineties you know, over the top visuals and all. I think it was, I think it would see, it was still seem very, very new and innovative now. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you know, obviously I, I, I think I saw Gone Girl at least twice at the cinema, uh, just because the kind of, I don't know, the, the kind of the reaction to the ending is quite interesting to see with a group of people because, Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause like, as they kind of real, like the, op- not in that, but knowing that the opening is effectively like, you know, near the end as well. Like kind of the fact that the film loops back on itself is kind of interesting when you watch it a second time, because you're like, Oh, like it, it feels like it's setting up, uh, you know, Ben Affleck as the bad guy, but it turns out that it's actually giving you more information <laughs> about, uh, you know, his wife, uh, so yeah, I don't know. I I mean, you know, I, it's really weird because there are some directors where I kind of accidentally end up seeing like a run of three or four of their films at the cinema, and I'm like, I don't know that I'm a fan of that director, but I guess you know, I guess I've seen like the last four Peyton Reed films at the film, so you know, so maybe maybe I am a fan of Peyton Reed. I don't know, but you know, and but with David Fincher, I think it's always kind of very deliberate, uh, and it's weird that it's been so long since Gone Girl as well. Like we're almost getting to a gap bigger than. Um, yeah, between Panic Room and Zodiac, uh, although obviously he's done a TV series in between, so it's not quite. Yeah, which is which is which was very good. It was yeah. um, uh, Mindhunter. It was very, it was very a very good show. So uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just a huge fan of David Fincher. I wouldn't be talking about a film of his minute by minute were I not a fan. Uh, <laughs> so uh, let's go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug, Gina? Yeah, I am the co-host of the Kill by Kill podcast in which we talk about horror movies according to the characters. I also uh, write for The Spool, a uh, pop culture movie and television review site. And I have my own website in which I also write about uh, old TV and movies. Um, That's GinaRadcliffe.com. And you can find us on MySpace at myspace.com slash the social minute on Twitter at social underscore minute and on Facebook at the social minute podcast. Uh, thanks for being my guest today, Gina. Thank you. And otherwise, I will see you tomorrow. It's quite possible that I'm your third man. But it's a fact that I'm the second son. Other two, which made me your third, but it's my mother who made me the seventh son.